Hey, welcome to How I Learned to Stop Worrying and Love the Bomb. I am your dubious host, Lauren Hutton. Luke isn't here because I broke into his house, I stole the podcast equipment, and did a bonus episode without his knowledge. <gasps> Jason, that's the gasp you just heard. It's Jason Emmert, everybody. Wait, do you want me to say both your names? That's fine. Okay, yeah. Did I say it right? You did. I did? Thank you. I'm always nervous about that. I'm like, am I, I, I've known you for years. I accept any iteration, but thank you. Okay, so it's Jason Emmert. Yes. With us on the podcast this week. Exotique. <laughs> Tell everybody a little bit about yourself. What's you in a nutshell? In a nutshell, I'm a nerd and a fascinated type person, interested in life. Hell like, yeah. I, I just, I like to find out what's going on. And and this is my chance. Luke's not here, and I, I get to find out what's going on. I mean, would you have rather Luke have been here? No, no. Oh. It would never have afforded me this opportunity. I feel, I feel that. I feel that. Because, like, honestly, three skinny white men in one room is entirely too much. In this day and age, I would say some would agree, yes. We're just asking to be canceled for literally no reason. Although, on the other hand, Luke's mustache is 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 very, very good looking. I I, I gotta say, it... it we were gonna roast him! You're just gonna compliment his mustache? Well, it, it, it looks good. What can I say? It, I can't we had grow a, a plan. mustache like I literally that. looked his phone. I, you were like, what does Luke look like? And I'm like, I'll look up his picture. But he has we'll a good... We'll roast him for the I'm intro. I'm looking at his picture now. It'll be hilarious. He could have done a better job on trimming the edges, but I, you know, it's it's still it's good. The best you have, he could have trimmed the edges. It's garbage. What can I say? Enjoy the episode. <laughs> for you. <laughs> That's perfect. Yeah. See, you okay, know, see. you already know. Yeah. You already know. Yeah. <laughs> are you, uh, are your cans hot enough? You got cans enough are, goose in I your... Think, yeah, I think the cans are good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got some goose in your... I'm going to raise this a little bit. I feel like I'm squatting. A little bit of huh. Just a touch. Huh. Just a bit. Can you honk in your cans? Was, well, you said something about goose. It was just like triggered. <laughs> <laughs> he said something about goose and yeah. I was triggered. Yeah. Just that <laughs> sentence alone is one of my favorite iterations of English language. Well, I, I, people say things and then I'll do like, I'll just like blurt out a movie quote. It's almost like reflexive. Yes. I do that all the time. Or I'll start an impression like, um, uh, last night I did just a, a single half, like Megan the Stallion, and yep. uh, my wife was like, "Wow, that was pretty good." I'm like, and she like got the reference because yeah. yeah. I didn't get the reference. Yeah. Like, you if you hadn't have said that that was Megan Megan the Stallion, I would have been like, "Oh, okay, so he did an impression of an angry <laughs> aunt." Is that? Ha. <laughs> <laughs> I'm uh, I'm a savage. That, See that's that that yeah. I would have got that song. Yeah. <laughs> She that's does so it like in the background. Good. It's like a calling card or something. Oh man! So, uh, Jason, just up top, I have to tell you something. Uh, now that we're actually on the air, tell me. Uh, I quit doing this podcast. Did you really? Yeah, this is like a bonus episode after the podcast is dead. Well, hey, I'm I'm happy to be here. What can I say? You're letting me do like a Tupac moment with this podcast. So that's awesome. That's one of my favorite things that I, I I've done almost everything that you can do in podcasting, uh, except have a Tupac moment. So well, thank you. Here we are. <laughs> 
you're not a hologram though so i mean no i'm not a hologram the the podcast itself is a hologram though that's good you can only listen to it by watching a hologram in town square (laughs) (laughs) hey hey (laughs) oh my god if that could be my legacy just a hologram in town square yeah but what town what town would let me do that um probably some little tiny town in italy springfield which one yeah right yeah (laughs) there's probably one in each state yeah, exactly. Every Springfield's just got a hologram of me being like, I had a lot of failed podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> we had fun doing them, though. I so. did. I did. I think that's what matters. Well, it makes sense that I had so many failed podcasts because the only one that has any level of success is a, is a podcast about failure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, uh, just, just turn love the into bomb. the skid, I mean, man. Right. <laughs> that's uh, all you can I, do. I think that's, I'm obviously not a comic, but I, I think uh, for comics, it's necessary to embrace your failures. Um, oh, dude, zoom out, homie. That's that's just part of being human. Right. Well, no, you're right. You're right. You're if right. you can't embrace your failures, you're either going to drive yourself insane thinking that you're doing everything wrong. Because if you can't embrace your failures, you can't forgive yourself whenever you hurt someone. Man, isn't that true? Yeah. Shit. Or you're on the other end of that spectrum. Right. And you don't do anything wrong ever. Yeah. And I hate you. That's, that's yeah. That's, that's weird. Yeah, that's I, weird. I hate those type of people. Do you like have to deal with that. any of those types, like in work or like your daily life? Or are you one of the lucky ones that's just like, nah, everyone around me is great. Uh, I, I've dealt with a few people like that who are uh, maybe in a sense like I can do no wrong. Is that kind of what you're going for? Yeah, yeah. Infallible. Yeah, yeah I've definitely dealt with those kinds of infallible people. people who are. And their intellect aids in their ability to deny. Oh, and that's, yeah. that's what's scary is See, people who are so cognitively dissonant to their own like ridiculousness. Everyone listening thinks that you're talking about yourself because you're using a lot of big words and talking about smart people. Well, <laughs> does I, Jason mean him? I read a lot of books. <laughs> I guess that's where I get some of that from. And, and, and when I learned when I first learned cognitive dissonance, it was about Christians. Ah, okay. So, so Christians have a cognitive dissonance. Pretend that I am as ignorant as our audience and okay. just explain cognitive dissonance real quick. So I'll do my best because I, I can't quite remember the Webster's Dictionary definition. But in essence, it's a a sense of my knowledge trumps yours and nothing that you can say, no fact that you could bring to the table is enough to convince me otherwise. Ah, that triggered my memory. Now I remember what these words mean. So like in terms of Christianity, and I don't mean to color all Christians this way, but some are... Let's color them, baby. Give me a jar of paint. Actually, We're here to color some Christians. (laughs) With, (laughs) With that in mind, some Christians you could present Especially the ones who are very much about creation and the idea of creation, uh, that yeah, the world is yeah. only, what, 2,000 years old, 4,000 years old, and some of their 6,000 years old. I, I don't remember exactly even what their drama is. I think is, that it gets less every time they check. Yeah. Well, if you go to the Creation Museum right down here in, in, in Kentucky, there there yeah. is so much. That's the very definition of cognitive dissonance. They have a giant boat. I mean, they should put a billboard on this. I mean, you know, that's what I see when they I see They have it. a shrine to false science. If you are against me, God is with me. If oh, you are with me, phrase. if you are with me, God is with me. Like, oh. no matter what you can say to them, yeah. they will believe what they believe. Yeah. And, and I don't want to badmouth my mother, and I'm not, but she's kind of like that. Nothing I can really say. I can talk about the natural world and and the the, the themes of of even like with the James Webb Telescope. I talked with my parents about that, and they were like, 
it can see that far away, like billions of years. The Earth hasn't been around that long, and I'm like, oh my god, creationism. Yeah. <laughs> you know, what I mean? yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's um, weird how like uh, somebody else's worldview will create hangups in conversations yes. like that. And what you're literally watching is their cognitive dissonance activate before your eyes. Exactly. Where you're just like, yeah, this is scientific fact. And they're like, but, and you're like, oh, everything after right. that comma is worthless. Right, exactly. But you can't do that to your mommy. <laughs> no, and it's, so that's, you know, I accept my mother and, and she is, she's, I would say, a very open-minded Christian. That's um, good. That's good. Uh, it, I mean, they even use like CBD and cannabis products. I mean, they're 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 definitely not what I would call the straight path type type Christian. Are and they? Are they, they don't even go to church as much as they used to? Really? Which is very interesting. They're in their late sixties. My dad just turned sixty seven, and yeah. they they sometimes do like online church. Which I mean, good for them. Like they're just on their own path. Like, I know. I dig that. I do too. I dig that. They yeah. just bought property in Florida, a tiny little house, like Aww. smaller than this house. Your dad's um, on his no way offense. to being a Florida man. But they, I mean, yeah. <laughs> Thank God Florida's public records. Like, oh my God, it's 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 been a meme for years. I love that. Uh, First but, you buy a plot of land. Yeah. Then you're a headline. <laughs> yes. That It is literally a two-step process. It really is that way. <laughs> so, so no, but they, they bought, bought property in Sarasota, and they have just been loving life. And I, I'm so happy to see that for them, because they That's lived... Awesome, dude. Small business ownership, even in the 80s and 90s, was was nightmarish. I can imagine. I grew up around it, like, yeah. and that's why when I was asked, do you want to take over our, our family's company? I said, no. A resounding no. Yeah, I, dude, I, for sure. My dad, I think he was even kind of hurt by it. I can understand that. But like, I, only I, I because... totally see his side. Yeah, only because in his mind, well, Jason's worked with me for so many years, he's taken this up really as, as his own thing, as his own trade. And I did. I'm a master electrician now. Yeah. I absolutely took my father's trade. But I don't it right want, from his old hands. <laughs> I said a big F no, fuck no <laughs> to contracting. Contracting in yeah. this day and age is fucking crazy. Mm -hmm. It used to be you could get a champion at a company, a champion being someone who liked you, someone who wanted you to do work for their company. Yeah. And then you got all the work. Yeah. Nowadays, the planning and development people, the 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 the, the bean counters, you know, ah, so to speak, yes. they need their three bids. And buddy, everybody and their mother out there wants to have, we call them trunk slammers. You can't bid against trunk slammers. That's because it's one guy who has zero overhead exactly. because he's paying everyone under the table. Exactly. He has a trailer on the back of an unregistered Ford F-150. You can't yeah. compete with that. No, you can't. You have your liability insurance. You have $5 million umbrella insurance. You have people with licenses, <laughs> yeah. upkeep, trucks. I Here's mean, a bid that's 50% of everyone else's because I'm not bonded and insured. And, and he gets the job. Yeah. Well, And, and, and some companies are wise to that I, I will admit and definitely at cooper electric I, I learned this some companies are wise to that there were plenty of times and i i always said this cooper electric is never going to be the low bidder yeah i always told people that especially yeah. new people people that had me come in and look at some work and give them an estimate i said i'm not the low bidder i all i just came out and said it before i even sent them the quote because that's, that's a that's a line in the sand that says this is where my integrity is though yes and that's good because like, that was Cooper Electric's quality value and service those yeah. are their three major tenants like yeah. it, it was it was about doing a good job 
code compliant, right. which is essential. You're dealing with electricity. Yeah, bro. <laughs> like house, like fire. Like I mean, energy. It, you it, just it, said house like fire. I mean, house house fires <laughs> and energy. It, it like I I didn't really work in many people's houses, but you get the idea. Like, yeah, dude. More house fires than not have been caused by electrical faults. You were on the industrial side of things. Yes. You're dealing with much higher voltage, much higher wattage, correct? Much higher liability. Correct. Correct. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Well, and people like I say people, but companies production like we we have T-shirts. We had T-shirts at Cooper that actually were like Top Gun, like kind of stylized T-shirts. But it said of course they were. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. It was silly. But but one of the things I liked about it was it said production is reality. Oh, and I liked that. I like that. It, it is a way you need to think. It, yeah. it, it, if you're going to be a good tra- contractor, you have to think about your customer's production. You can't shut that down because they're not making money. In some cases, they're losing lots and lots of money if you shut their production down. Yeah. So it's, it's not only about doing a good job the first time, but also being conscious when you're on their site, on their in their facility, doing a good job and not fucking things up, not causing a shutdown. Not, you know what I mean? So that was that was very much the mentality. And and I kind of grew into that. Like, I yeah. that's why I became a project manager so quickly. It was because that that cognizance is what people are looking for. Um, and, and making money is like obviously number one for any company. That's and, that's kind of their jam. And yeah. And profit companies love profit. Profit is 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 even I would say the, the jelly of the jam. You know what I mean? Like, have you ever seen a college kid and how excited they get about Molly? Yeah, that's how companies are about profits. Yeah. They're just they're all about it, yeah. man. And if anything, they want more. Yeah, they definitely want more Molly. What, what? were you saying? <laughs> <laughs> well, you, yeah, you, you got it. You got it. You nailed it. So, yeah, I, I I definitely got an appreciation for that. So back to the original point, like being in a small business, that's why I didn't want to take over is because there's just there's so much competition out there. Yeah, and dude. I don't want to I don't want to be the guy that's sweating payroll. You know, bro, like, fuck that noise. Like not even thinking about profit, thinking about paying my guys, keeping them busy. Like my dad had to do that so many times, <sighs> like out of his own pocket, keep his guys busy. Like we were doing yard work for my dad at one point. Are you for real? And that that's just a to make sure that they could put food on their table. 40 hours a week. My dad never had to lay off a guy. And he always gave somebody at least 40 hours a week. Your dad is a goddamn hero. I know. That's what I'm saying. I've worked for small businesses like that my entire life. And I can honestly say of all of the businesses that I've worked at, if there wasn't work to be done, you weren't on the clock. Yep. And so with CVG, where I work now, they they did the same thing during the pandemic as slow as stuff was, in fact, the no flights, flights slowed way the hell down. See, I mean, um, but they had people trimming bushes or whatever. International flights, zero. Of course. Out of CVG, okay? But guess what? Every person in maintenance field, every department at KCAB, uh, Kenton County Airport Board, right? they all got 40 hours a week. Dude. Now, overtime was limited. Of course. Right now, overtime yeah. is plentiful. Well, yeah, you I get overtime almost every week. Um, whether it be training or paperwork or whatever, I get OT a lot. Yeah. But back then it was it was limited. But the facts are they kept everyone employed. They didn't lay a single person off. Dude, see, these are these are the kinds of stories that we need more of, especially yeah. like where we are right now with everything the way it is, is we need more. Hi, baby. Greetings. How was work? OK. OK, good. <laughs> Do you, are you OK with being on the podcast? Good. Well, this is a dead podcast, so it's fine. 
<laughs> we're just having a blast. <laughs> what was I just saying? We were talking about the airport and uh, the pandemic. Right, 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 right. Okay. These are the types of stories that we need now. Yes. Because like, it's not like we're on the other side of anything. We're just in the next phase of whatever this is. Right. Because uh, whatever this is isn't over. It's just uh, it's it's Marvel Cinematic Universe. COVID phase five. Yeah, that's, phase that's five. That's where we are. <laughs> yeah, I mean, honestly, uh, <laughs> that it, monkey flu thing or whatever it was yeah, called. Yeah, dude, like, what that, the fuck? That was what, like, oh, what about second nowhere. pandemic? Yeah, right. <laughs> what about second pandemic? My Lord of the Rings reference, my one. That's so good. But yeah, it, 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 it I stole that, by the way. Um, and I, I mean, they're right, though. Like, I, I think everybody's scared of that, you know, scared of a repeat of 2020. I mean, that hit us out of nowhere. Yeah, dude, nobody wants that. No. So let's like keep showing off people that are doing good things like CVG that kept people on the payroll even though there was nothing for them to do whereas Delta Airlines laid a whole bunch of people off like one guy got laid off for two months and he lost all of his seniority can you imagine that are you fucking kidding me yeah he lost his seniority and they only laid him off for two months and he, he lost he didn't get it back. everything well he didn't lose I, well yeah seniority I mean seniority is kind of an organization yes, yes I used to work for Delta yes they're dog shit yes let's talk some shit about Delta let's because I didn't that. sign an NDA yeah when I worked there okay. in their cargo department yep in July okay uh, there was a shift in management. The guy that was over the cargo department left, and a a higher higher up in Delta absorbed his job. And when he showed up, he noticed two things. One, that we didn't do very much work unless there was cargo to move. He didn't like that. There were lots of people telling him if there's no cargo to move, then there's not a whole lot for us to do. That's why we have a domino set. <laughs> okay. And he didn't like that. He didn't like all the managers telling him tough. <laughs> yeah. And so this is how he retaliated. Uh, the other thing he noticed was how much the entire company or the entire uh, section was spending on water cups in the middle of July. I mean... So he made a memo and a whole announcement starting on this date, which was in 48 hours. No more water cups. Got to bring your own bottle. Exactly. <laughs> and so guess what I did? I can't. I put my name on one of the water coolers. <laughs> I was like, I don't have a bottle, but no one should do this. That my mouth mine. has been on it. That was mine. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't like that very much. I can imagine. Uh, all of the other people thought it was hilarious because, of course, I didn't actually put my mouth on so it. So forgive my ignorance. You worked at the on property at CBG? Yeah. Okay, I didn't know that. Yeah, dude. Very I was, cool. I was only there for like three months. Okay. Uh, because, like I said, when that happened, I was just like, this is dog shit. I'm yeah. out. Yeah. Uh, and, and well, I didn't make it into a better thing for quite some time, I but have so much shit to talk about Delta. I'm just waiting on you. Go dog. Ahead. I mean, that's it. He was an asshole about water cups in the middle of July and I'm still <laughs> talking about it. So <laughs> three years ago, I'm sure, you know, so much more. I, I've only been there six. Like this is my sixth week there, but Delta built the terminals. Terminal three. That was theirs once okay. upon a time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Concourse A, Concourse yeah, B, yeah, yeah. that was all theirs. Okay. Okay. So obviously having been in the bowels of the place and have having looked at various, um, obviously from an electrical standpoint, the amount of hack work is unbelievable. Okay. Unbelievable. All right. We have to pause right there because uh, when you say hack work. Hack. 
Like, I mean, explain I, that. I mean, someone who like it's literally a word to define a person who hacks things together, who does not have any regard for. Uh, well, I say I would say workmanship, craftsmanship. craftsmanship. That's like the basic fundamentals, but code compliance. Like so you're saying, their shit was jerry rigged together. Oh yeah, there was a lot of oh, there's God. a lot of stuff that was, and obviously a lot of the guys at the airport have been there a while. They have told me about things too. Yeah, I saw things today that that some of Delta's contractors they let them do things, and it <clears throat> it, it, it boggled the mind. I mean, there was a there was a uh, a junction box this close to uh, about four inches from a brick wall that you couldn't open the door. And there's at least 30 control wires in this junction box that we kind of needed to get to. But now we Just can't. Just kind of. Yeah, I mean, now we can't because it's <laughs> someone decided to... Either the brick wall came first or the box got mounted there first. I don't know what happened, but I would think the brick wall came second. Either way. Either way, it's that just... Was dumb. It's a hack job. Like, no <laughs> one thinks about... the You know, no one has forethought. Yeah. And that that's just mind-blowing because... Obviously, and obviously, from a maintenance perspective, I'm going to bitch about those kind of things. Of course, but they're your issue later. But it's essential that people think about what's what. What are these? What are folks going to have to deal with in the future? Like, you know, bro, it, right? Obviously, in a, in a, in a case where you got a, you know, I know that they just changed out all the con the contractors that deal with all of the baggage handling system. Mm -hmm. They're new. They're very new. Um, really, in terms of like the people. Uh, I think I don't want to say company names, but it's in essence, the contractors that are in there now are doing a much better job, but they are having to right the wrongs that the contractors that were in there before. Yeah. And I say these were contractors that were residents. They have their own offices in the baggage handling level. Oh, OK. So and those offices now have new placards on them, new names right, on the doors, right, but they're right. the very same offices because those that's the place where the people who work on the baggage handling system work out of, right? Yeah. So it, it's it's been really an eye opener to see how far they've come. Yeah. In terms of just just at the very fundamental quality of maintenance. It's always interesting to me anytime that I mean, if, if I love taking concepts and zooming them out yes. and, and, and generalizing I'm glad them. you do that because I have a hard time with it. Really? Yeah. Oh, dude, I you zoom too close in and my head hurts. Yeah. Yeah. You've seen it. The, <laughs> you know. <laughs> the idea that if you let a system run poorly long enough, the benchmarks or the tent poles or the keystones of that system that are making it run poorly are eventually going to either erode or be replaced. And that system will either collapse or it will be reconstituted by proper keystones and tent poles that then keep the system going. You can apply that to corporations. You can apply that to social groups. You can apply that to the health of your own body. Oh, totally. Yeah. It's literally any system. Right. Any system that is running poorly, the yes. things that are keeping that system up, if it's running poorly, eventually something's going to fall down. Yep. And that system is either going to collapse or gallop, skip a step, and then keep moving. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. I'm really glad. There's some things where quality comes into play. Like when you have quality of materials, sometimes the maintenance you should be doing is, and it's not being done, sometimes you're relying upon the quality of the materials. Yeah. Whether it be motors, bearings, belts, whatever it is. Yeah. You're relying on that. And my old boss, Greg Highland at Cooper Electric, he he had this saying, if you don't schedule your equipment's maintenance, 
your equipment will schedule its maintenance for you. Dude, that's so good. And I love that. That's so good. Yeah, not to be confused. Like, I didn't come up with that. I don't have that big picture mentality. <laughs> he does, though. And that was one of my favorite statements. And yeah. I adopted it and started telling people that. And that was even, I was a salesman at Cooper as well. That was one of my selling points. Oh, God, you just reminded me I need an oil change. Bro, it's, it's <laughs> these are important things. They really like, are. <laughs> I saw a Facebook uh, story, you know, the little short videos that Facebook's trying to compete with TikTok. Yeah. Uh, somebody had their Audi whatever, and it said, yeah, I haven't changed my oil in eight years. Is it supposed to be brown? It's like, oh boy. How is your oil not black? Why are you an Audi owner? Not that I'm like <laughs> a big Audi fan, but what the hell? Like, what's wrong with you? Where where was dad? You know, like, I, I don't mean to belittle people who didn't have a father figure, but still like, you know, well, I okay. feel like these are fundamental things to owning a car. There are fundamental things to owning a car, but like there are people out there that are just bad at maintenance. You're right. And I, I, I speak as one of them wholeheartedly. Uh, I am bad at maintenance. Yeah. And again, if you zoom that That's out. That's okay. Literally anything. My, my car needs an oil change. Uh, uh, I think your awareness of it is what's most important. Do you want to know how, how far over it is? Do I mean, you want to be? Do you you wanna, can share that information. Do you know I'm how not going to judge you. Are you? No, I'm not going to judge you. It'd be more fun if you did. I, uh, okay, I'll judge you then. <laughs> <laughs> You're so agreeable, Jason. Yeah, I'll just judge you then. I'll do whatever you want. It's That's fine. one thing I am definitely agreeable. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Tell me. Uh, I'm almost certain that it's at least gone double the recommended miles for an oil change. Okay. Do you use synthetic oil? Of course. Full synthetic every time. So... If you're if you're doubling that what synthetic oil, or if you're doubling just what the typical like typically people say three thousand miles. Well, synthetic oil yeah. can do five to eight. Right, right. So if you're like at sixteen thousand miles, then yeah, I might be at twelve. I might be at twelve. Some oil filters, most oil filters, in fact, are definitely good for ten. So I also drive a Toyota Camry. So it, it by my reckoning, they're pretty forgivable. Everyone that's told me everything about Toyota Camrys, like I could probably just let it go till it, <laughs> till I need registration again. Like, till you're pulling it out of the oil pan, <laughs> like it's licorice or like it's hard candy. Like it's, oh look at this, oh. <laughs> it's turned into a crystal-like thing. Yeah, <laughs> wow, this coffee. This is like 50 WF20. Like, what the fuck? 50 WF20. Jesus. Oh, God. That was silly. I like silly I, things. I try to be silly. Gotta be silly. Gotta have fun. Why? Well, otherwise, life is fucking miserable. And if you're not silly and don't have fun and even the act of smiling. I like that my dad does this. He, a lot of times when he will part ways with someone or if after he's talked with someone, the last thing he'll say is, Keep smiling. I love oh, that. Oh, I like that too. And the other day, I think I saw, I think it was an HR at the airport. It was like a little sign. You know how HR does. <laughs> it's HR loves Smiling reduces blood pressure. And I can totally see that. Physiologically, because I, I myself have experienced this, because I'm trying to change the way I deal with shitty drivers, because yeah. God knows Cincinnati, oh boy. <laughs> Not going to go there. Because that's part of my healing. I need to start just laughing at people. I need to start <laughs> laughing at people instead of okay. getting so angry that my my car upholstery is is literally rotting from my anger. Not not quite literally, but 
it's that bad. Like I used to get so road ragey in, in terms yeah. of internally and in my verbal my verbal responses to people and my yeah. my physical gestures. Obviously, I'm not trying to run people off the road or firing weapons at them. It, it's it's more <laughs> of a like a hateful kind of experience. Yeah, all for me. The type of energy that these interactions make you create yeah. is something that you're trying to counteract. Yeah, because it's yeah. not good for me. For it's sure. not good for me. Those people, unless they look at me, which they shouldn't be, they should be looking at the road. For sure they should be. <sighs> but, you know, generally, based on the types of people you're talking about, I feel like they might be looking at you. Yeah, and, and, and all it serves <laughs> is to makes it worse. upset them and upset me and perpetuate this whole, like, Cincinnati drivers are shit. Yeah. It just... And I don't want to be a part of that system. We were talking about systems earlier, yeah. and there's definitely things that we can, I don't know, do to reduce the impact. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can either be a lubricant or you can be a wrench. Yep. And depending on what system you're currently in and how you feel about right. your role in that system is yes. going to dictate what you try to be. My coworker at Cooper, uh, a guy named Jason Kelly, really, really awesome dude from Colorado. Um, he'd been an electrician for forever. Uh, I mean, forever in a day. Um, but he worked under me and he was super respectful to me. That was the first thing that was like, wow. Yeah. So this is a person that's older than me by at least 10 years, but but still respects my authority, still like comes to comes to work with a positive attitude That's dope. and works with me. He acknowledges my lack of experience in some cases and he he would like basically if there was a a slot in the bookshelf so to speak, he would fill that slot. And he wouldn't act like I'm so much better than you. I could do your job. He never ever acted like that. D okay, uh, and, uh this may seem like a strange question. Go ahead. But did he strike you as the type of person who was a functioning opiate addict? Mm -mm. Because usually people that are that chill and even keel. He's a functioning can I hate to say addict, but he's a functioning cannabis addict. Like user. User. Yeah. I hate to say I hate to say, I hate to say addict with that. Because um, that actually it's inner it, remind me to get back to the phrase functioning cannabis user. Okay. Continue. I will. So Jason recommended because he rode with me once in my truck and and he saw some of my interactions with other drivers and well interactions towards other drivers yeah and he said yeah. jason you know what his name is jason as well so jason, <laughs> jason, you know you yeah, jason. it gets confusing like we were yeah with the two-headed monster <laughs> that's what people called us um uh, he, he would he would tell me and, and and what struck me one day he said jason you should just laugh at people you should just point and laugh at them or give them a thumbs down act like you're caesar <laughs> I like you know, that. Instead of giving them the finger, instead of raging at your windshield, yeah. just laugh at them because you're going to feel better. Yeah. You're going to feel better and potentially make them feel worse because you're laughing at them. Right. You know, right. if they if they're able to comprehend what you're doing. So that that was kind of the beginning of my, like I said earlier, healing in terms of being a better, more well-managed driver, yeah, uh, more in control. It's not like that's were, one of the, yeah. you weren't doing anything wrong. Not necessarily. You weren't like following them to their locations <laughs> yeah. or like, like you said, like brandishing weapons. God knows or, I want to do sometimes. I, I have before. <laughs> and why do you think the example came up? Yeah. But, <laughs> It's not like you were doing anything like that or like you were like, you know, trying to drive aggressively toward them. You right. didn't do anything wrong. No. But what you're trying to, what you're talking about is just limiting the negativity that you create in your own life based on the things that you can't control. Oh, yeah. You can't control how other people drive. No. And if that makes you have a reaction, try yeah. and curb that reaction into something that's going to linger with something positive. Yep. That makes perfect sense. Yeah. And it goes back to my dad saying, just keep smiling. Because right. smiling really does 
physiologically and psychologically do something. It yeah. does. It really even does. Even when you're upset, even when you're frustrated, you have 40 million things on your mind, uh, at least somebody with the ADHD, like I definitely can speak to this. It's It really does something for me. It's yeah. it's like a self-treatment. Mm. Um, and, and and in essence, I, I, I really, I grew from that, you know? It's uh, crazy, yeah. The people in your life that you least expect to say these little gems to you, I just love that. That's why I'm still here, you know? Like, yeah. that's my motivation. One of my motivations in, in being alive and continuing to live, it's like, there's so many cool people out there. There's so many little gems that and sometimes the people themselves are the gems. Like, they just, they inject happiness. And I think that's what life's all about, is about love. It's about love and happiness and showing and sharing that love to others. Because it's infectious. I, I'm so glad that you got to that point. You were you were talking about how smiles have a psychological effect on you, even yeah. if even if you're not reacting to something, you're right. the one putting on the smile. Yeah. It immediately made me think of yawning because it's a psychological trigger, and oh, there's yeah. a social aspect to it. It's addict. It's you like a, having um, a, a what would you call it? it it's it's um uh, it's contagious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's contagious. There's contagious. a hive mind aspect to yeah. it. <laughs> and so smiling has the same effect. Like uh, smiling and seeing someone smile w will sometimes make you smile reflexively. Yep. Mm -hmm. And that smile may linger on to someone else, mm -hmm. creating a contagion of happiness. Yeah. And if you're just having just just even once a day, the forethought of just like, oh, I'm not smiling. I'll just smile for a little bit. Yeah. I literally just did it now and it made me happy. That's yeah. so fucking weird. Yeah. And there's plenty of things to be not smiley about. But Precisely. Uh, I don't know. I, I can't really segue from that, but it, it's it does something. So I would I would anybody listening to this, I would recommend just smile right now because you'll feel better for real. If you're I know this shitty, podcast isn't great, but <laughs> if you're feeling shitty, like I, hopefully they got to this they got this far. Like if you're They're feeling literally shitty, watching a dead horse, you, <laughs> right? It, it, if anything, like even if it's just you and me here, like it, that, I think that 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 message can be spread on like the, absolutely all of the people that you encounter and, and even your coworkers, even my coworkers. like i'm yeah. fortunate that the people at where i work now generally are positive folks there's a few people who are humdrum and you know don't really are are really lacking in emotion and, and i accept those people too i dealt with a lot of those types of people in the military that's a oh yeah that's a defense mechanism for sure um and, and guard I guess, yourself okay, maybe yeah. the bullets will bounce yeah. off and, and a couple of people have started to open up to me a couple of people huh. you know what i mean so seeing that i think if anything i like connecting to those people more than i like connecting to the people who are immediately happy and go lucky it's it's etc because sometimes i even wonder if it's even genuine exactly you know what i mean exactly um like maybe they're trying to get me to let my guard down you know yeah. it's just, again What's the agenda it's what weird. do you want buddy yeah, why are you so happy hey fuck you man right it's this weird <laughs> human thing but we all think about it it's yeah we all consider sure. it um and until you get to know someone and you're comfortable with them you, you don't really i don't know it's hard to really recognize dude that is one of my biggest flaws is that if i feel a genuine immediate connection with a person i will love bomb them so fucking hard yeah and that that is not a good precedent for any sort of relationship i've done that all yes and it's it, it, i think it comes from like you mentioned adhd did you hear that? I did. Ooh. It's the first time I've done that on purpose, but that's fun. <laughs> oh, well, that wasn't good. But <laughs> I think like when you have the attention thing, <clears throat> when you do get hyper-focused on a person that you're really jamming with, mm -hmm. whether it's like romantically or even just like a new friend. Right. 
it's very easy to be to hyper focus on them. Yeah. And just be like, oh, you're like, you're so cool. You like me? This is awesome. (laughs) Oh, my God. Wait, wait, wait. You want to watch this movie, too? Holy shit, we want to watch this movie. Okay, we're going to watch this movie now. Wait, you like Star Wars? (laughs) Fuck yeah. (laughs) Dude, that's me, though. Yeah, dude, 100%. When I find out people like the things that I like, I'm just like, (gasps) yeah, I talk about it. Labrador, 100%. Yeah, let's talk about it. just like, do you like the same snacks as me? Holy shit, this is amazing. Yeah. (laughs) But then, like, do you have the issue where you run in, because this happens to me a lot. I'm a hoarded judge of character. And you combine that with being initially excited by someone. Mm-hmm. I I have definitely invested a lot of energy in some people that was just like, I should have never been in your house. Oh, yeah. Been there, done that. Okay, good. I'm glad I'm not the only one. Yeah. <laughs> definitely less now that I'm obviously like just like you, older and more experienced and having dealt with that. Yeah. I'm more wary of it. But I've not allowed it to... I don't know. I don't, I've not allowed it to dictate my initial responses and initial interactions with people. Okay. I try to take, I try to give people the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. Because common theme. I am a doubter. Yep. But um, who isn't actually? Now that I'm thinking about that. Oh, stupid people. The gullible. Ah, you're right. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the, <laughs> the, the, I don't know. It's it's a it's a scary thing. It's it a scary is. thing. Meeting new people and interacting with new people. That's and almost like your your other podcast, you know, introducing yourself to a crowd and then literally laying out your heart, yeah. which I feel like that's what being a comic is. Oh, not even close. No? Well, maybe at first, but like at a certain point. Because you put your heart into your content. That's what I think precise, of. Precise. Precisely. Yeah. But at a certain point, uh, you, you at least... I think, because I don't have any clue of perspective. I can only speak to myself. That's enough. Uh, at a certain point, I turned away from from drawing so closely to my own reality because I realized that that was handcuffs I was putting on. Yeah, uh, and, uh, I like that. Yeah, okay. like it, it was like year two of comedy where I realized I was like, oh, this doesn't have to be real. <laughs> what the fuck am I doing? None of this has to be fucking real. <laughs> And it was I was watching a documentary that Seinfeld was doing, okay. and someone uh, or no 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 that's right it was uh, uh, comedians and cars getting coffee. And oh, he was, that was, it was good. I think it was Tracy Morgan. That actually helped me to like Seinfeld. Really, I used to really think very little of Seinfeld. I could see that because he's he's very genuine in in that show. Yeah, he really is. Yeah, and he 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 hasn't always presented like that, nor has he been presented like that. Precisely, by others. He's a very um, guarded and and private person. Like he well, has no not just interest. that, but some people even would say full of himself. Oh, totally get that. Totally get that. But that that series, not to interrupt you, but that series definitely made me realize he's he's a, he's a person too. Yeah, he's just a human being, yep. and he's a human being that had a wildly popular thing that had the whole country looking at him for a yeah, while. Yeah, that'll do something to you. And imagine dealing with that. Yep. Like, yeah. I can't. No, me neither. It's terrifying. Yeah. Uh, don't want it, yep, but yep. I also don't want to work, so listen to my <laughs> podcast. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, this podcast is brought to you by NordVPN. Like, <laughs> there's the money grab. No, oh my it's God. all good. It's all good. Oh shit! Rabbit. You gotta you gotta capitalize on things. I'm not hating, dude. I monetization any way that you can get it. Like I said, I don't want to work, and I would love to just make money off of my personality and and just create whatever I I want, and people to just be along for that ride. That's my dream. Yeah. 
Because that is what closely like that 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 offers no buffer to my crazy squirrel brain. Well, and it's a worthwhile dream because look at how many other people in this world, especially in just America, who have right? who have been able to achieve that dream. Dude, it's perfectly reasonable to pay the water bill by three D printing a tank that you sit in and move with a remote control. Yep, I watched even a if guy it's just the it. water bill. Even if it's just the water bill, imagine how much fun he made making yeah. that tank. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> Not not everyone is going to be able to achieve like Joe Rogan level of of perhaps podcasting where you're right. literally making your in, well above your entire living. I have just no interest in being that wealthy. But I would die of an overdose. I guarantee I would too. it. I, I would I would lose my mind. I, I don't There's, think yeah. I could handle having that kind of money. I wouldn't necessarily OD on heroin or like (laughs) Molly or something silly, but I might OD on buying pyramids, you know, or something. Right. I don't know. Like, I just, I know myself. Yeah. And I'm too crazy to have access. Well, I respect that. At least you know yourself. (laughs) For sure. That's something I was going to say earlier before we started. Like, at least you know yourself, Lauren. Dude, if, if I was to start making above like $150,000 in my pocket every year. Like, that's just my money. That's more than enough to handle a place to live, food to eat, all the necessities. Yeah. So I I genuinely believe that anything above that, I would overpay my people, and then anything left over, I would just give away. Like, I would probably be a Dolly Parton. I'd get giant fake tits, like giant, like obviously way too big. Right. And then just give the rest of my money away after that. Yeah. The tits are essential, though. You, you, you got a Dolly go, Parton, right? That's the first thing. That's right? the first thing. I mean, she that's how she did it, yep. I think. Perhaps. I think those are real. I, I, I don't think they are either. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to disparage. Uh, but it does aid to her character. I mean, her like her character of Dolly Parton. For like, sure. You know what I mean? For sure. There, there is a character version of her. Where I mean, yeah, she's never seen without makeup. Like never. Right? She's you look on the internet, you cannot find pictures of Dolly Parton. That's with, almost magical. Without her getup. It is it's like magical. A unicorn. It's the magic of Dolly Parton. Yeah. That's how you get your own fucking yeah. theme park. Exactly. <sighs> that's yeah. all I want. I want giant fake tits. I want to give away all my extra money and a theme park. A theme that's park. all I right, want. Right. That's all I've I want. I've been to Dollywood. I think that's what it's called. Dollywood, yeah, yeah. It's legit. They have I a train. I love Dollywood. They have a steam engine, and I'm a train guy, so I was all about that as a kid. Dude, I all love about that, that shit. That's Not the only thing I wanted rides, to do. A lot of cool shows, though. Yes. And well, that's that, what she's all about. Exactly. Performance yeah. and all that shit makes mm-hmm. sense. You mm-hmm. wouldn't, yeah, there's no drop zone at Dolly Parton. <laughs> no. Dollywood. No. <sighs> a few roller coasters, but few. Yeah. You want to you wanna see something really cool? Yeah. So comedians and cars getting coffee. Yes. <laughs> That's the power of Adderall. When I watched the episode with Tracy Morgan, I, I heard Seinfeld say something along the lines of like, comedy doesn't have to have anything to do with truth. And Tracy Morgan was like, what do you mean? And he was like, He's no. He's right, though. It doesn't. It, it doesn't. doesn't. Yeah. It has zero to do with anything to do with truth. Yeah. And as soon as you round that corner, yeah. that's when it, you're, it, it's you're like, unstoppable. When you start developing any sort of craft, yeah. when you first see someone that's absolutely amazing at it, whether it's it's stand-up comedy or or magic or or singing mm-hmm. uh, or fucking carving stumps into bears with a chainsaw, when you first see that and you're like, oh my God, I want to do that, and then you start doing it, you're like, how in the fuck do these people do these amazing things? Right. And then you start to actually get into it. Yes. And then you start to realize 
eye-opening, handcuff-unlocking things like comedy doesn't have to be real. It doesn't have to be rooted in truth. That's like, that's something I honestly seek out in life is, is like the, the, the I don't know the the keys to the door on the back of the stage is like ah, you know what I mean like uh, you're constantly trying to peek behind the curtain right of whatever it is like what makes someone want to keep doing this like first person that comes to mind is Tom Scott on YouTube hmm. he he Who is has that? he oh well I don't know how popular he really is I know he has a lot of subscribers like many millions um, okay yeah that's up there. he's been doing this a while yeah. but he does these pretty short videos on interesting things just things you may not i think in fact the series is called things you may not know or things you might not know or something i'm sure i could look it up but i don't want to give dead air here but tom scott just like literally started publishing videos on youtube back when youtube was just youtube not owned by google really and it's blown up like he he even has people who are I don't want to say copycatting him, but are following his format. Yeah. In the sense that that like they're out there to explain interesting topics, things you may not have ever heard of. Like one recent Tom Scott video, and I'm not going to go too deep into it, but was it a tarmac or like a, a, an asphalt testing machine? Like a a literally a, imagine a, uh, um, a big, uh, I would say a, (laughs) a cross, a plus sign shaped, uh, appendage made of metal with tires on it, okay? And it, it it literally rolls a heavy weight over various types of road materials, concrete, asphalt, anything in between. Oh, okay, now I'm on board, right it, on. It It is essentially made to test at a very accelerated pace the aging and weathering of road surfaces. And there's only a few of them in the world, but I never knew that that existed until Tom Scott's video channel. Fascinating. Fucking fascinating, right? So I don't know. There, there's okay. There's but, something to that. Like there's something to finding your little niche or fi- like finding what motivates you and then just diving into it. Even if you don't have any people that may be interested, he I, maybe somebody should do, do a documentary on Tom Scott because he all of a sudden grew into this. Fixture. I mean, he's he's yeah. got trending videos every time he posts. He is trending on YouTube, and trending on YouTube is not a small thing. No, dude. So I, I'm a big YouTube fanatic. Like I, I love YouTube. I spend more time You're on YouTube a than computer guy. Anything. Yeah. Well, I was on YouTube. I published my first video on YouTube when YouTube was just like. And in, in fact, Tom Scott says the same thing. He did a podcast and he said I was just putting things on YouTube because it was a place to upload my videos for free. Yeah, right? I was doing that too. In high school, I was making these shitty shitty little videos until I finally did this pretty decent production of a lightsaber duel over the very last Dr. Pepper in a vending machine. Uh, Legit. I love that. It's called Duel of the Fakes. I love that. Yeah, it was like a totally a play on the Star Wars theme of like lightsaber fights and and having some sort of drive. What year would this have been? 2006. Dude. I th- th- okay, so 2006, I would have been a sophomore in high school, maybe junior in yes, high school. I was a junior. That's when I discovered Bo Burnham, like when YouTube Bo first fucking Burnham first became a fucking thing. <sighs> I remember sitting in the AV room. This is the nerdiest thing I've ever said. Please say it. Of my TV productions class, and we were sitting there all on the iMac. Yeah. And this one person that, like, she never touched a camera. She didn't understand how any of the gear worked. Yeah. She was just floating through the class. But she sat down and was like, check this out. Got on YouTube and played the uh, uh, therapy for 
serial mascot song that he did. Bo Burnham is my champion. That unlocked man. my fucking brain. I was just like, holy shit, how does this person exist? Yes. How does this person exist? Yes. And I've been following him ever since. Dude. So I heard of him back then even, but what really reignited my passion for Bo Burnham was his appearance on Parks and Recreation. Wait, he was on Parks and Rec? He was. Hold the fucking phone. For a single episode. I cannot quote the episode, but he was on Parks and Rec. That's so cool. And he was almost like a parody of himself. Of course, because that's what he always is. But also a parody of like the type of people who host like country music concerts and play to people's like let's you know let's support the troops like type shit Did you know he, what i mean yeah 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 you know that makes perfect fucking sense it's right up his alley that would have come out around the same time that he had a special with a song in it called pandering yes i mean and I, now that, that may, makes perfect sense that may even be why he went on parks and rec because they they needed a pandering type of character character oh dude i wonder how the timeline worked out if if that's how he got the call for the episode or if that was the inspiration for the song on the special it might have been either way i I would be okay with either way did you see that he just dropped on his on his youtube page uh the outtakes from inside no but inside is something special he dropped inside and it it made me simultaneously euphoric Mm mm-hmm and distraught. Yes. It which was the most existential Perfectly defines. Beauty. Oh my God. Perfectly defines inside. I love inside. It's amazing. 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 And then at like 11 p.m. Uh, two nights ago, he dropped the inside outtakes. It's an hour and four minutes of just outtakes. It's a whole nother fucking special. Yeah. And... Dude, they're they're not to spoil anything, but I love getting to see people be themselves. Is what, that it's some of it is that mm-hmm. some of it is like the really like you know, there's honest, gritty him just talking into the microphone, laying on a pillow. Like, I like there's that. a lot more of that. Okay. It digs more into that. You yep. find out what what the scar on his face is from. Birthing scar. I had no idea. Spoilers. Wow. Yeah. I thought it was a giant acne scar. No. I knew a guy with birthing scars. Yeah. Bo came out face Forceps first. scars right here. No shit. Yeah. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So, Wild. Uh, but one of the coolest things that he does in it is for one of the songs, he shows all of all of the different takes that he did to get the shot that he needed for this particular song. And so in the background, you have the shot that worked. Right. And overlaid is... Uh, I think 32 different panels for the for different takes that he did. And as each one fails, it disappears. Right. It's one of the coolest fucking things I've I ever seen. I need to seen. see that. Yeah, yeah, dude. Go check that shit Behind out. Behind every big artist like Bo Burnham is a excellent editor. And, and th- those are the people I have an appreciation for because I always kind of wanted to be a, a video editor. You know what I mean? The guy who got to sit behind the, the fancy computer and work with the director, work with producers, and like literally come up with how do we make this all make sense? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's one of the craziest things. I'm not a hundred. That was a dream sure. and it's not dead, but it's, it's, you know, I, Dude, I'm you an electrician. You can do that. It's all wires. <laughs> it's it's all just wires. It's true. It's true. Especially with, I mean, nowadays with nonlinear video editing, I mean, uh, that's very antiquated of me, but <laughs> it, <laughs> it, it, it is. it's still though, it's still awesome. I mean, it, it, you know, it's crazy, dude. Like, uh, not to, not to brag, but, uh, please, 
I'm probably going to put this on the the bomb podcast as just like a bonus episode, mm. if you're okay with that. Um, no, not at all. No, I'm totally <laughs> What are you kidding? But like Luke and I just, just went video. That okay. episode hasn't gone up yet. I'll probably upload this as like a, a teaser spoiler for that. Okay. Because now we're talking about video editing. Yeah. Da Vinci Resolve 18. I might have that backwards. It might be Resolve Da Vinci 18. Have you heard of this program? Absolutely. You have? Yes. Of course you have. You're a computer person. I, will. I just found it and had no idea. Like, not only is everything moving digital, but there are companies out there that are putting real resources into developing software that is accessible for little to no money. Yes. Little to no money. Yes. The only cost to these pro-level softwares like DaVinci or yep. Reaper yes. is the learning curve. Yeah. So that if you're passionate about something like a content creator or some other weird creative type or someone with ADHD, yeah. you can just sit down and, and you can make really good shit. Exactly. And it doesn't cost you anything exactly. because your phone is the best camera anyone has ever had in the last 15 years. Well, that's the point is, is, you don't have to be a subscriber to Adobe anymore to have access to right. professional level, uh, even even like uh, effect software. For, yeah, I follow a group on YouTube called Corridor Digital. They're they're amazing. Corridor Corridor Digital. Okay, they make some of the most impressive short films with visual effects. That's of course their thing um, that I've ever seen. They they I mean they've been hired by the likes of Sony and others. I mean. No big shit. big companies, PlayStation for the like PlayStation uh, like ads and stuff. They've they've done some big stuff, and That's they grew saying. from two fucking guys that came from Wisconsin who had a, who had a an affinity for visual effects. That's what I'm saying. They were and they're they're absolutely they absolutely gained their fame from YouTube. Passion and creativity and just a dash of ambition. There's nothing like it. That's what the next like form of everything entertainment is going to be absolutely well look at tiktok i mean as much as i as much as our generation likes to hate on tiktok because it's not vine it, it and and for other reasons <laughs> there are so many tiktokers and for other reasons <laughs> i mean yeah i mean there's a lot of fucking shit on tiktok that's weird as hell and 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 uh i don't know people's opinions uh, that they develop of like just general, I don't know, basics. I, I could go, I could go on hating, but <laughs> positively speaking, like there is some amazing influencers on TikTok. Like in terms of yes. people who are making content and who are who are becoming famous just for their content. Yeah, I mean, there's a there's a group, there's this family called the McFarlands. They are they're shockingly funny, like hilarious, and it's like a mother, father, son, like several sons kind of group right? duo. Yeah, they make they make fun of dads, like they they like how dads like get new sneakers and shit. Like, right, it it's so funny, and it's such basic. Like it doesn't take you wouldn't think it would take a lot of consideration to come up with this content, but they came up with it and they're yeah. doing it so right. And that's what talent, that ambition, passion, a dash of ambition. Yeah. And the right platform to be able to jump that off on something. Yeah. That's what has happened with TikTok. I love that this is available, that, yeah. that people out there can have a platform. That's what makes me so excited about it. And that's why I used to, but I don't anymore hate on TikTok is because there are some people out there with literally a free app yeah. that you can start to publish your own shit on. And now they have, they have, I have no question that they make plenty of money doing it. And yeah. Now obviously it's not about money, but the fact that you can, 
even if they're not making gratuitous amounts of money, yeah. even if that's the type of thing that a family can do together yeah. to bond together, yeah. to make enough money to go on vacation to make together. Memories. That's what I'm saying. That is like one of the most wholesome examples that I've yeah. ever heard of of just like this whole content generation. Yes. Which interestingly enough, not to go back to the Bo Burnham thing. Please do. But there's a theme where he even though his fame and his career was born out of that. Yes. He's terrified that that is the end game. Right. And and what the trajectory of entertainment and, and intelligence is based off of that. He digs way deeper into that in the outtakes. Yes. And it's... Well, that's it's, good that he does that because I think that's on many people's minds. Right? Yeah. And I th- he points to something... Where do I go next? It's very interesting because like we talked about earlier, yeah. a system that is operating inefficiently, the keystones will eventually crumble and the system will either fall or it will counterstep and adjust. Right. And right now the system of content creation and entertainment, as Bo points out in his special, it only has two paths. It's either just going to keep growing and growing and growing until it that is the new normal. Right. That is the sickness that everyone is attached to. Right. Or it's going to stop relatively soon. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like some the new thing will come along or, or people will shift their vision. Uh, Precisely. Like the bubble's either going to pop or we're due for a new app. I think he's reached a degree of, I'll call it success. I don't want to say fame. Uh, I'll call it success that that like I think his true fans will absolutely stick with him until the end. Like he's until he yeah. decides to stop. Precisely, you know, like other content yeah. creators in in all of human history, in fact, have have decided to stop. I mean, yeah. Um, I, I I you know I think there's really something to that. I have a lot of respect for Bo Burnham. His self-awareness is one of the best double-edged swords that you can just watch in real time. Yeah. Uh, because, like, his his choices that he makes, especially, God, he's given you an opportunity to look at directly the things he chose to show you and then the things he chose not to. Yes. And compare them side by side. That's a level of vulnerability that's like, Blooper reels aren't an hour long. Right. And they definitely don't show deep, introspective, painful, like the kind of things that were in inside. But even drivers of his genius. Like, I mean, excuse me. Uh, Let's talk about, I mean, we don't have to, but just a discussion on how many comics out there that you've known that are depressed people. And they're doing this because it brings happiness and life to their life. I mean, I mean, I don't want to call out the most common one that people call out, but Robin Williams. I mean, dude, he has been brought up so much. There's something that just dropped on Netflix and I haven't watched it yet, but the preview of it is Mulaney. And he's talking about Robin Williams uh, in some regard. I can't remember the details. God damn. That's okay. That's okay. But. There's, there's a, yeah, that common trope of, of, you know, the sad clown. I don't know if Absolutely. it's just the algorithm showing me all this shit in my feeds or whatnot. But like <laughs> I, I saw that reference from Mulaney and then yeah. I saw another post from some comic in another scene. And then I think I saw someone here locally mentioning it. Now here you are. And I'm, I'm just convinced that this is a computer. 
We're I know we live in a simulation. Yeah it's, yeah, it's dumb. And that's, I feel dumb saying that. And I'm mad that I was programmed to feel that way. <laughs> fuck you. God, zero, are, zero, one, one. If we fuck. are in a simulation, why why am I becoming aware of it? Yeah, you know, like, that's horseshit. fuck? You broke the fucking thing. Yeah. Shut the toy off. What it's happened ruined. to Utopia? Come on. <laughs> God damn it. Unplug us, man. Right. It's horse shit. Yeah. Like <sighs> like the the movie The Repo Men. Have have you seen that movie? No, who's in that? Oh my god. Uh um I forget the other fella's name. Um he's got like a droopy eyelid. Um Forrest Whitaker? Forrest Whitaker. I have a joke about and nipples. Jude Law. With him, not Jude Law. I don't have Jude Law nipple jokes. Uh, Ju- well, that's okay. <laughs> I don't mind saying it. Jude Law is a beautiful man and a great actor. Fantastic. If, if you need to understand and have a better appreciation for Jude Law, watch... Um, oh, I'm going to forget it. No, it's a new show called The Young Pope. Hold on. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jude Law. The <laughs> Young Pope. Yeah. I have wanted to watch that for a hot minute. No, it's good. It's so good. Okay, all right. I'm going to watch it. Okay. Yeah, it's so good. This is great audio. My wife couldn't get into it, but... <laughs> And that's okay. Watch it. It's so good. My wife hates it, but watch it. It's so good. I have this appreciation for the Catholic Church and the the dogma of the Catholic Church. Like, I'm not one of those haters. Okay. Hell yeah. Because I understand the value of the church, quote, end quote. We all need systems. But, like, the show, that show just exposes, not even exposes, but, like, I don't know, talks about the, like, what even is, what even is like holiness and 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 like god's effect on people and and of course you like the show it's amazing like it's another peek behind the curtain yeah! on something that you are interested in boom but a boom you got it it's it's amazing you you're you're the type of person that regardless as to what piques your interest the reason that it piques your interest is because the first thing you think is how does it work yeah Totally. I love that about you. Nailed it. Yeah. I love that about you. I, I think, and in my opinion, the more that people understand how things work, the better appreciation that they'll have for it. That's an interesting way to go about That's not where my brain went And I know at it's all. not. I know. I know. But I feel like, especially with like even safety policies, and I, I don't mean to go back to the whole industrial work world, but no, safety no. policies. Yeah, that's a good point. If you don't understand, if you... Like I'll put it simply. I don't want to go into it. If you, I'll put it simply. If you don't make safety simple, people will not follow your safety policies. If you don't make it simple, right? Keep it simple. Simple. If you make it a whole procedure, like the U.S. Navy does, which is <laughs> fine, because procedural compliance is very much a part of being in the military, especially of course, the Navy. Of course, of course. But fix your fly line. In the civilian world here, if you don't make being safe in the workplace simple no one's gonna do it and that's why osha even like literally dictates that employers provide their employees with ppe protected personal protective equipment that's because you can't put a policy out that says you must wear safety glasses and and arc flash resistant clothing and et cetera et cetera et cetera and then expect your employees to go and buy that for themselves right it's bullshit you you cannot do that and even something as simple as like fall arresting systems i mean you 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 can't expect people to properly use those things unless they are simply led to in other words like you literally put giant yellow stanchions next to the door to nothing the door to nothing being a door that opens onto a giant fall uh 
Have you almost fallen out of one of those? No, because there's a giant stanchion usually next to it that's like, Good strap yourself in here. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, like, it, it, if you don't make it simple, if you make it complicated, people are going to eventually, they may initially, but eventually they will start to become complacent. Ah, uh, and then die. Yeah. I mean, in the examples that we're laying out. <laughs> right, exactly. Die or or become severely injured, thus costing the company more money than they would have really wanted to deal Absolutely. with. You know what I mean? So long story short, yeah, I I think there's some value there. I think there's some value there in, in keeping things simple. Yeah, dude. And it, Bo, Bo really does, like, <laughs> going back to Bo Burnham, he really does lay some stuff out with, like, just the human psyche and just some of the funky things that we do. He has no qualms with literally just, like... Calling I mean, just, just like, yeah, that's that's the jester's job is to hold up a mirror to society and be like, ha, look it at is. you, look it at is. you, dumb fuck. Yeah. And he has absolutely no qualms with doing that. But he, the thing that makes me respect him and the thing that, I mean, we kind of mentioned, like, the introspection and the self-awareness being the double-edged sword. Yes. He is self-aware to a point that I, I think that he suffers from the same thing that I suffer from because I recognize this, or at least the thing that makes me relate to his introspection and self-awareness is yeah. that like he feels trapped yes i feel trapped yes i feel trapped between that's a great description uh ambition and also hating the thing that i want to run towards right like uh, i i i desperately just want everyone to to live in the woods and hunt their own food and be simple be self-reliant and, and not kill the planet and, yeah. and just like you know just vibe let's all just smoke weed in a cabin man but I also love Wi-Fi, and I just feel trapped by the hypocrisy of my own existence. Well, and I would argue that, and not argue even, but I would state that that there is some degree of, of benefit to technology. Like we, you know, there is the convenience of it, but also the, the utility, like our, our utility, ability... Yeah. Our ability to, like, I, I hold up my phone often, and, I, and I'll sometimes go... We have the entire repository of human knowledge at our fingertips. It's 2022. It's a, it, and you just me. jammed the repository into the microphone. Well, there's my humanity. <laughs> um, but we do. We have the entire repository of human knowledge, and people still exist to deny fact in this day and age. Right. Which, which at a personal level, bothers me. And that's the nicest way I can say that. Like, I feel trapped by that fact is that I can present true facts to anyone, including my family members, and they will simply choose not to acknowledge it. Well, I mean, but that that goes back to the <sighs> cognitive dissonance that we were talking about yeah. earlier. And, and, and you just mentioned the utility of having all of information in your pocket. Right. There's a glowing rectangle in your pocket that has all of information. Yes. That's very important. Yes. Because it doesn't just have all the right information. It has disinformation, too. It has all of it. It requires a discerning mind. And that's not something that everyone has. Nope. Uh, most people would prefer to just exist in an echo chamber where when God, they say something... Oh, it gets shiver, reverberated shiver. back onto them. I got shivers like, and ooh. they just get to bask in the waves of their own ideas. And cause that's very comfortable. It's very it is. warm. Oh, it so is. Absolutely. 
Yes. And, 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 and there there are plenty of, of resources like, like Facebook. I hate to name one, but yeah. you can create your own echo chamber. For sure. You can. For sure. Um, and Twitter as well. I think, you know. That's the first time I heard the term echo chamber and not meaning like a, a literal echo chamber. Right. But like the metaphorical sense. Uh, Blake Hammond, one of the best local comics here. Mm-hmm. And he's arguably very talented yes. at Twitter. Okay. Okay. And that—that's how he described that does take it talent. to me. Yeah. He was like, "It's just an echo chamber. You're just shouting into a void. You are. It's a virtual open mic. Yep. And if you can, you can navigate through what everyone else is is talking about. That's how you get a lot of followers. Precisely. Yep. And he's very, very good at that. Or you pay for them. Uh, <laughs> he doesn't fucking pay for them. Yeah, I I'm sure there's that. plenty who do not. Uh, but like, but also, you don't even necessarily have to pay for them there's ways to manipulate the follower thing to like garner a following just by following a bunch of accounts to create refollows and then unfollowing those accounts and like there's so many ways to juke the numbers yeah Uh, that's very true and that's like another thing in this whole world of like you know content creation and entertainment and and all of that thing one of the most important things to be successful on youtube is a good thumbnail Right. Isn't that ridiculous? That's so weird. You like, in essence, you have to be clickbaity. Yeah, you have to. But then I've even seen some creators, content creators apologize. Like, I'm sorry about the thumbnail, but I wanted you to click on this. Like, or even beyond that, (laughs) uh, there's, there's YouTube is such an interesting ecosystem. It really is. There's, there's a person that I follow that like, I never thought that I would be following a channel that would get into drama about like, well, this other channel's bullshit. Because that always felt very icky to me and very just like schoolyard juvenile. The channel is called Jazza. Okay, okay. It's an art channel. I thought it was going to be another one. Uh, And and he's never done this. It's always been about like art and creativity. And that's why I was drawn to his, his shit. Sure. And all of a sudden I see this thumbnail on his fucking channel that's like, why this other person is bullshit. And I'm just like, why, bro? Why is this a thing? But of course, I, I like the guy. Right. I've been following him for a while. You and clicked so, on it, didn't you? Of course I did. Yeah. Uh, and it was about the integrity of thumbnails, specifically in like art-specific channels mm-hmm. and how he wanted to white knight his way through <laughs> just like, nah, man, this is bullshit. Because like valuing your art in the art community is a very, very like serious thing. Well, sure. That makes sense. And when you combine that with the content creation thing, there was a specific channel that was saying like last person to, you know, best person to, to, to customize this Tesla wins the Tesla. But apparently that wasn't how it actually went down. Okay. And there was a common theme of these big numbers being thrown out on thumbnails of, you know, prizes for art challenges and things like that. Okay. And then the actual payouts for those things not being the representation by the thumbnail. And I wonder how much of that goes on across the board. Right. You know, because this was like a very specific little niche 
within the ecosystem of YouTube, you know, right. the art community. Yes. Which has its own thing outside of right. YouTube. So many channels have people that only focus on the thumbnails. Yeah. Or the head end of the video. Right, right, right. Or the right. tail end. I think, what do they call them? Tail cards or end cards? I have no idea. Um, <laughs> where, you know, where they're like, hey, like and subscribe, click that bell, yeah, you know, yeah, all yeah, that yeah. crap. And then they have their various other videos. Hey, right, watch right. this one all next, et cetera, et cetera. Um, Steven Mould, he does that. It's really funny. And he even said it, one of the recent videos I watched about, um, he was talking about planetary resonance, like the orbits of planets around yeah. the star uh, and how they can resonate and how they, you know, the, the, this one's a half a day and this one's a full day or whatever. Right, right. Long story short, he said at the end, he pointed, he literally pointed and, you know, he's imaginarily pointing at a box, but the box says, watch this. This is what the algorithm thinks you might like. <laughs> and I was like, oh, damn, that's some self-awareness. Yeah, like, I know a lot of YouTubers rage about the algorithm, but yeah, that's I mean, like, that's our world now. Th this is the suggestion box. Don't right. know what's there. Yeah. Yeah. That's, Whatever that's the algorithm crazy. what you want. Yeah. And it's it kind of made me think like, OK, well, they don't always have control. No, they don't. Um, like they're navigating a system that, again, the keystones are eroding. Yes. And we're about to see another shift. Right. Because Web3, Meta, the VR space. Right. Everything is about to take a huge left turn. Yes. And I'm not saying this just because I got an Oculus Quest recently. Ready Player One, bro. Exactly. Like, it, it's about to be an entirely different ecosystem. It is. I mean, not like next there year. There are people literally buying VR property. Right. Which blows my mind. I mean, it's one thing to talk about NFTs and, and like the whole like, you know, crypto coin thing. Is it one thing? But I think it's all the same thing. We're talking about is. digital nothing having value. Digital nothing having value. That's I, I, what it is. I referenced Stephen Mould earlier and he did a great video on what exactly are NFTs. Uh, yeah. And some of the comments were hilarious to me because people were recognizing how dumb it really is like, or at if least you're looking at it through the lens of tangibility. Yes. Yes. It is very or, stupid. Or ownership. Precisely. Cause you don't own right it. now. Everyone who doesn't understand crypto NFTs and, and the VR space yes. are native Americans who have no concept of ownership. Yes. And everyone who gets it are colonists. Yes. Who are, who are trading them blankets full of smallpox and Everyone That's who doesn't really get great it, way to put are it. going to starve to death. Yeah. They're going to die of the disease of not getting the value of these intangible things. Even and if they don't partake, I think... I'm terrified, bro. Yeah. Oh, it's it, That's definitely something to be terrified Because I only half get it. Well, it's... it's ugh. It's such an ethereal, and that's even one of the crypto coin names, Ethereum. Ah, it's no. such an ethereal thing. It, it's hard for people to understand not having, like, you know, the gold standard. When that went away, people shat themselves. Exactly. You know what yeah. I mean? So it's that same thing. Yeah. It's, it's, I feel like it's progress, but also, I don't know. There are those that will of, adapt, and yeah. there are those that will adapt quickly enough to be able to capitalize on things as they shift. Is this the next step of evolution? The evolution of our economy, for sure. <laughs> yeah, for sure. The yeah. evolution of intelligence, I don't think we're there yet. I wonder. I wonder. Because eventually people are going to be able to... I mean, eventually your your memories are going to be a safe state on your VR headset. Yeah. Eventually. Do you think that's in our lifetime? Ah, I don't. I don't. Uh, wait. 
I with eventually the concept of the meta space and Neuralink are going to cross roads, and I think that's going to happen in our lifetime. Now, what that means, I don't know. Yeah, well, I don't either. Yeah, but I think those crossroads are going to happen in our lifetime, and that's going to be fucking weird. Well, I just I don't think that any any man made machine, being it uh, you know a a, a a chip with lots of transistors on it, yeah, can can compete with the human brain. No, but I, I Moore's I, law is a thing. You I, know what I don't mean? think competition is the issue. I think we're talking about um, cohabitation. I think we're talking about oh. technology that is able to access. Because imagine what LSD does to your brain and how it allows different parts of your brain to connect in different ways. Right. It resets your serotonin, which typically dictates that. Precisely. Yeah. Now imagine uh, we have things that, that work in the body that are able to flow different chemicals and, and different uh, bio inserts that can navigate various systems to manipulate those systems in different ways. Yes. And I, I think we're... we're pretty damn close to figuring out how to put more of those additives and 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 devices into our neurological systems i the only thing i could think comes to mind is is that moment in the matrix where neo wakes up from being jacked in he's still jacked in in fact but he's conscious and he looks at morpheus and says i know kung fu yeah and morpheus goes show me that's a great scene, in my opinion. Yeah, I love but it. But the fact that he was able to learn Kung Fu that quickly, yeah. um, that is something I, I I need in my life. Data? Data mm-hmm. is just electrical information interpreted to mean something. Right, and that's what's happening up here already. Precisely. Pointing to my head. Like, yeah. Neuralink is a device that is going to manipulate data. Yeah. The more that that gets... Uh, actualized, we're, we're, it, it's going to mean a lot of very crazy things because <sighs> the possibilities of that, like even even just what they have on the table with being able to make people that can't walk walk and like right. shit like that. Right, that's some special that's, stuff, dude. That's insane. It's insane. Uh, but that's just the device in your head operating within the constructs of what your body is doing. Now right. imagine that device being in your head and having just a few more chips on it. Right, and being able to communicate with other de- other devices. Yeah, like, yeah. That that once we cross that threshold, like it's it's cyberpunk twenty seventy seven, like that's over. You're absolutely like, right. That that's all there is to it. I mean, I've seen. I mean, I know you've seen too, and all of us have seen videos of people who have bionic limbs and they're able to think the limb into action. Yes, that's. I mean, that in itself is a a startling reality that we, we absolutely do, like, we currently exist in. So. Absolutely. And that's know. not even surgical. Going back to the first thing I said about this was like, do you think that's our lifetime? I, I, I'm starting to wonder maybe after talking with you if it isn't. I mean, yeah, I, I gave a hard we no. We might be <laughs> too old for it by the time it's available uh, or, or our synapses may, may be too crusty. Right. That might be a thing. We may yeah. be able to at least witness it. Uh, I there may be a window, you know, like yeah. once your brain's fully developed around 25. Right. But after 35, right. you can't. You can't. Sorry. Things are locked in. Well, yeah, that makes me okay, think of like, boomer. Right? Yeah, exactly. We're, <laughs> Sorry, yeah. I don't want to be that person, but 
I'm, I'm afraid of that. I'm afraid of being the boomer of, of this generation. I don't think you and I are ever going to do that. I hope not. Do you know not. why I think that? Because I can already sense certain things in myself that I'm like, ah, these kids these days. You know, I already sense a few things in my mind, but I also try to pull back from that going, don't do that, Jason. Don't do that. Bro, I tweeted the words, the older I get, the more old I get. <laughs> Yo, it's so true, though. hundred percent. Yeah. Okay. But I think the one saving grace that you and I have is ADHD. I would agree with that. I, I feel we like get bored and we're always trying to find that next new thing, trying to keep our interest. And I think that's the one thing that'll keep us limping along until our hearts give out. I agree. From caffeine or nicotine or one or both. whatever it is, <laughs> whatever or whatever the be. new thing is in twenty years. Yeah, right. Have you tried Jazza? Jazza, wow, <laughs> good stuff. Make you do art. Twenty micrograms. That's all I need. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, dude. Well, bro, this has been an absolute blast. This I, is, I would agree. This has been a dope show. I, I think all of the bomb people, since I am putting this up as like a bonus episode for the bomb podcast, do okay. you have like a bomb that you would want to talk about that's happened recently in your life? Well, could be performance based, could be personal, could be a dumb thing you said at someone at Kroger. I had a moment and, and I'll just reference my my newly found job at, at the CVG airport. I had a moment where I was on the fourth floor of the CVG Center building, which is like the corporate building at at, okay. at CVG. DHL occupies this floor, DHL being the the, the magnate of, of shipping worldwide. Yeah, and fuck DHL. Right? Fuck <laughs> DHL. No, I'm totally joking. They they have some good people. And these good people witnessed me um Okay, I'll start with the beginning. Someone put a trash bag on a ceiling tile. You have ceiling tiles here in your studio. And imagine... Basement. Imagine... <laughs> oh, I was trying to be nice. <laughs> you don't so have to imagine be, an, uh, your, your HVAC system develops some uh, condensation, right? Yeah. So the condensation leaks onto the ceiling tile, and you're like, eh, it looks ugly, right? Yeah. So someone decided to put a trash bag on top of the ceiling tile. Okay? Hell yeah. Sounds the like trash something bag, I do. you know, was rolled very nicely to be a sort of... A, a, a receptacle. A receptacle, yeah. right? Instead of a, you know, in a proper trash can. It, it held about two gallons of water. I only discovered this until when I, you know, started to manipulate the ceiling tile that, unbeknownst to me, was completely soaked so as soon as i touched oh the ceiling tile the water started to rain and the guys <laughs> sitting at their very nice this is a very nice office okay <laughs> this is dhl's cincinnati hub office and, and, and cincinnati is the seventh largest cargo hub in the nation so you know these guys are probably a decently big deal i don't know them from the man in the moon but regardless they were <laughs> I thought I was bombing, but they were the nicest people about That's it. That's amazing. Because all two gallons of this condensate definitely fell <laughs> onto the floor in my hands. And and obviously being two weeks into my job at this airport, it, <laughs> and my, my butthole puckered well enough to form carbon into uh, semi-diamond, you know, I... I I was appalled. I was appalled <laughs> at, at my performance. And these guys were like, Bro, this is a good day for you, isn't it? <laughs> and it was, it was just, it was, it was cordial. And obviously, right. I didn't spill any water on their computers. I'm sure it would have been different to had that happen. Of course. But I at least had the forethought to, you know, like say, "Hey, step back," because I knew this water was about to come back. Yeah. Down. So regardless, yeah, it was a bomb, a water bomb, and Bro. I still have yet to find out who decided it was a good idea to put a trash bag. I on mean, top of a ceiling tile. You had mentioned that some things had been hacked together hacky. before. Some hacky, 
nasty. Holy God. But this had happened recently because, like, I mean, the trash bag was fresh. You know, there wasn't That's really so much debris in the That's trash bag. It was crazy. all just, like, clean, clear water. I mean, well, it, yeah, because if it had been up there for too much longer, it would have started to right. ooze out. So, so. Oh, my God. I don't know if your podcast, I, I've only listened to a few episodes, but I don't know if you guys talk about, like, what you learned from it. But what I learned is to open ceiling tiles nearby <laughs> and, and look above the ceiling. Yeah, what's going on over hey. there? Hey. <laughs> yeah. That's what I learned from that. Hell yeah, dude. And well, the, yeah. one thing that we like to end the episodes with okay. are words of wisdom. Do you have any words of wisdom or, or parting advice for the audience? I do. Um, of course you do, but I would say do everything with purpose. And I and I don't mean that in a general sense. I mean everything that you do, try to look at it as though it were it were happening in your own house. And maybe it is happening in your own house. But everything that you do, try to think about yourself as the receiver. If this was if this was you paying for this service or if, if this was a product that you wanted or or content that you would want to watch make sure that it's something that you do with your whole heart and make sure it's something that you you desire because otherwise it's not desirable hell yeah baby don't be spreading one pat of butter on a whole loaf of bread <laughs> thanks for listening everybody we'll see you next time <laughs>